welcome to Becoming Whole podcast. I am your host, Claire Bradshaw, a life coach and a yoga and meditation teacher. Join me as I explore with my guests what it means to live a life of wholeness and connectedness, a life where all parts of ourselves, our body, mind and spirit come together into alignment, where we're truly living into our own personal values and the fullest expression of who we are. So if you're a seeker, a feeler and someone wanting more from your precious life, then tune in every fortnight and let's grow together. Hello and welcome to episode number 46 of Becoming Whole Podcast with Claire. And it is so nice to be back. I took a bit of an extended break um, at the start of this year uh, for a few reasons. One, I've been running this podcast for um, oh over two years and... Um, I was ready to have just a little bit of break from recording podcasts and uploading them and editing and doing all of the things that happen um, to get a podcast out to you guys. And um, I also wanted to take the time to run and put all of my energy into my whole group coaching program that I ran for the first time this year. Um, It was a program that ran for uh, for eight, nine weeks. So, and this is the last week of it. So, um, it was really phenomenal and, um, we had such a great journey together. And what I found during the, the journey was that the tools and the work that we, we journeyed along was so, so relevant to particularly to what is happening right now and this last module that we've just been working on was on resilience and self-coaching and as I was recording the content I was really feeling into how utterly valuable and important this work is for all of us to do we there are so many incredible tools out there, but there is also mm, a power in doing the work together in community. It makes a huge difference. So just having that support and knowing that you're not alone. Um, I was planning to run this uh, group coaching program again um, later on in the year, but I'm feeling into, and I've had a few people reach out, into um, running this earlier uh, because um, of what is happening right now and getting these tools and getting the support that you need um, to best support yourself and your families during this time. So I will um, put some details into the uh, show notes just about the whole program and um, and just you know stay up to date on um, Instagram and if you're not on my uh, newsletter list then do let me know and I'll add you to that so that you get all of the information when it's launched but I'm looking to do that within the next sort of few weeks to a month okay so the first of all I just want to say like I really see you and um I'm really glad to have this podcast back at a time when I think that we really, really need this sense of um, support, community, and um, and getting some really incredible messages out into the world um, from incredible leaders in their fields. And um, if you are uh, at home, then, um, you know, I hope that you are well and I hope that you're able to stay in contact with people via the incredible tools that we have like Zoom and, you know, social media. And even if you are um, isolating at the moment, please don't feel isolated. So know that myself and many other people in the health and wellness fields are really there for you at this time. Um, so do reach out to people if you need to. Okay, so let's get to the episode. So this um, week's episode, I'm talking with Dr. Sarah Jane, and she is a gentle chiropractor, a yoga and a meditation teacher, a holistic counselor, energy healer, intuitive guide, um, and she is based in Melbourne, Australia. She has an extensive interest in learning about world religions, philosophy, nature, art, self-improvement, spirituality, and ultimately living in line with her true purpose. We really go into that in this um, podcast episode today. Her goal is to empower you on your life's journey and to facilitate you to live a more fearless and courageous life, one with meaning and purpose, and ultimately find your true north. 
We have a really incredible conversation in this podcast episode. Sarah Jane really lives and breathes her work. She's dedicated over 10 years of her life to studying multiple disciplines. So she's able to bring this beautiful combination of Eastern and Western healing modalities together in order to best serve her patients. And she's also a really gentle and kind soul with a lot of passion and and love for what she does. And she really, you know, she really embodies um, this work. So I hope and I think that you're going to get a lot out of this episode. And it is particularly um, relevant to what's happening today. We talk a lot about the body's stress response, a little bit about trauma. And um, she also offers some incredible tools to help you um, manage um, stress and, and anxiety in your own life. So really take good care of yourselves. And um, if you enjoyed this episode, please give me, um, if you can, a five-star review and any comments. Really, really helpful to share this podcast and the goodness that we're trying to spread with this um, podcast throughout the world. Thanks so much, guys. Speak soon. Hi, Dr. Sarah Jane. Great to have you on the show today. Hi, Claire. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so happy to be chatting to you. Yeah, it's great to have you here. And you know, you're, for, for me, you're a lady of many talents and skills. You're a beautiful mix of Eastern and Western healing modalities. And I'm just really looking forward to getting stuck into all the juiciness of this conversation. And what I like to do is kind of go back in time and to really understand sort of where you are now and sort of what happened either in your life or what really led you on this journey initially. I guess for me, um, if you had told me 10 years ago that I would be a chiropractor, I wouldn't have believed you. (laughs) I actually didn't know too much about chiropractic specifically. Um, I guess my backstory is I was always uh, very involved in, you know, Eastern philosophy. I loved the idea of Buddhism and Hinduism when I was younger. Actually, in my first degree, um, I had a minor in world religions. I just loved the whole Eastern philosophy. Um, I knew I wanted to travel to India and I actually travelled to India and through Southeast Asia and all of those places. Um, I just knew there was a connection there for me, Uh, but I was actually studying psychology. So I had that Western medicine side as well at the time. And then when I started going a bit more um, deeper into my psychology degree, I realized I was so interested in people and how to help them, but I didn't want to do it necessarily in just the traditional way as a psychologist. So uh, at the time I jumped onto seek (laughs) and I just typed in one word. I typed in the word meaningful and the only job that came up was for a chiropractor as a practice manager. And I just thought, Oh, I'll apply for that and just see what happens. And the minute I walked into that door, I just knew it was uh, going to change my life. I just felt this feeling and as corny as it does sound, it felt like the first time I had walked into like a home away from home. And and from there, that's when my journey into chiropractic started. So I I finished my psychology degree and then went and uh, studied applied science and clinical science for another five years to do chiropractic. And uh, that's probably where it all started to mesh. And again, um, I did further training uh, with the chiropractic technique that I do because I don't do any manipulation in my practice as well. So it's very, very different. (laughs) Wow, wow, wow. So how long were you studying for? I studied for 10 years. (gasps) Wow. I know, I know. Dedication. (laughs) Crazy, either one (laughs) of the two. And um, I'm actually thinking of going back and studying again. I just love to learn. I I don't think there'll ever be a point where I feel like I know everything. And, Mm. you know, human beings are so intricate and complex and I just love um, learning so much about them. That's why I studied, you know, my yoga and meditation teaching as well. And Mm. I did a holistic counselling course also because I just really wanted to combine everything. And, yeah, so that's what led me to to this combination of all these different therapies. Amazing, amazing. And, um, yeah, you know, you're right. Like, we're multidimensional beings and every one of us is different. So I think that's, um, you know, that's an amazing um, attitude to have to kind of continue to see that you're able to be of higher service to the client. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And it's, you know... I. I guess for me, I started realizing that early on in my career, especially when I started out as a chiropractor, 
I would see clients where certain techniques would work for them, um, say the more traditional chiropractic techniques. And then I would see other clients where there was something else going on where that wasn't suitable for them or, um, you know, the most optimal technique for them. And that's when I realized I need a really big toolkit here. I want to be able to assist anyone who comes in and sees me. And that's really why I wanted to delve into quite a few different techniques and almost a one-stop shop, which sounds crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amazing. And um, I loved what you said about how, you know, you finish your psychology psychology degree and then you were feeling a little bit like oh something more I want some more meaning and you literally typed into google meaning <laughs> and that's what came up and then you fell into chiropractic and it wasn't that you just fell into it but you said that you had that feeling when you walked into that office of like this feels right this feels good so wow that's that's right and it, you know it wasn't something um that was planned or you know I knew for a long time that I had a, a I guess what I felt was a higher purpose. I wanted to help people, but I used to get really frustrated when I was younger because I couldn't find it. And I kept trying to look for it. I'm like, no, that's not it. No, that's not it. No, that's not it. And, you know, I guess I thought you had to have this huge spiritual awakening to find this thing. And mm -hmm. then, you know, I didn't go to the Himalayas. I didn't meet the Dalai Lama. I Googled it. <laughs> yes. It's very, you know, um, very 2000s. And but still found that deep connection. And I guess it's that idea of... Um, not putting so much pressure on yourself to try and find this thing that you put here for and just trust that you'll come along it somehow, you know, um, and I did. Yeah. Amazing. And obviously, you know, quite young in your career, you know, it wasn't, yeah. you, know, you, you'd kind of, you were in your sixties or something and then kind of came across this, this was like quite young and you were following yeah. into that kind of like that feeling of trust and, um, yeah. and following um, curiosity, I think. That's something that yes. um, Elizabeth, um, what's her name, Elizabeth? Oh, I've got a blank. Gilbert. Is it Gilbert, thank Gilbert? you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's what she says about <laughs> finding purpose. So she says, you know, follow your curiosity. And, um, you know, and that's kind of looking at your, your story as to what you've just described. It sounds very similar. You know, you followed your curiosity and you weren't going to stop until, you know, you had those discoveries. So. Yeah, very beautiful. That's right. And I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves mm. to find this deeper meaning or to find this this thing within us. And then sometimes we can feel like a failure. And I think Elizabeth mm. actually talks about that a little bit as well. Like, you know, you'd go to these self-help things or these talks and they say, everyone else has found their thing. And, mm -hmm. you know, just follow your passion. Just follow this. And it's like, well, what if I don't know what that is? Yeah. Um, so I think that's when that curiosity definitely comes in and is so beneficial. And just do things that make you happy. Do things that are fun for you. Do things that interest mm. you. And I can promise you it will lead you in the direction of of something bigger yeah for sure for sure now I'd love to hear more about what a gentle chiropractor is because I've never heard of this term before I've only seen a chiropractor I think once but I've not had like yeah. big adjustments or anything like that so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um can you explain what the difference is between kind of how you work with clients and what a gentle chiropractor is and how that kind of compares to other types of chiropractors yeah, definitely. I suppose for me, um, I, I just learned early on with chiropractic, I get adjusted both, you know, manually, the traditional way, as well as the gentle way, um, which is how I practice. But for me, I found a lot of people were hesitant to see a chiropractor because of the cracking. You know, um, yeah, I'd say, oh, what do you do? I'm a chiropractor. Oh, I, you know, my cousin saw a chiropractor and, you know, this happened to them. And there was just a lot of fear surrounding the cracking. So I just thought, mm -hmm. how can people benefit um, from the care of chiropractic without the cracking being involved? And there's quite a few different techniques around. I, I've studied about four or five quite intensely. And um, they are network spinal analysis, um, biogeometric integration, torque release technique, um, sacral occipital technique and cranial sacral therapy. They're the techniques that I've kind of delved into a little bit more as well as activator. And they're a bit, you know, foreign to people who aren't in the chiropractic world, but basically they're all low force gentle chiropractic techniques. Mm. Um, most, most chiropractors utilize them say on uh, older clients or younger clients and um, oh, people who are, you know, contraindicated for manual adjusting. Uh, mm -hmm. But for me, what I was finding with the clients who come and see me, they're so overstimulated already. Um, they're, yeah. they're in that sympathetic state, you know, that sympathetic dominance of fight or flight. Everyone's so stressed. Mm. And so for me, I was like, how can I work with the body in a way 
that's kind of less is more approach. And I found I was getting better, better results by working with the body in a more low force way, in a more gentle way, um, just because everything's so full already, you know, um, and by placing another force in the system is another thing for your nervous system to have to deal with. And does it have a benefit to it? Yes, sure it does. Um, but for me, making it um, more, I, I guess, a little more streamlined for the, for the brain and the nervous system to cope with, it just, it just had more benefits to it. So that's why I decided to go more the gentle way. And it also has more of an effect, I guess, on the emotional health and the energetic health, not just the physical health. They, you know, I guess most people think of chiropractors and the vertebra you know, and the bones. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to think that the other techniques that I utilize also address more the emotional and energetic health of the individual as well. So it's a greater, mm-hmm. a greater, uh, yeah, a greater effect on the individual as a whole and on their life as a whole. And that's what I really wanted to do. Um, I wanted it to be a holistic approach where not only were people feeling physically better, but emotionally better and spiritually better. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that so much. And, um, do you find um, and like have you practiced in the um, the cracking before, and then have you noticed yes. the difference between that and then also doing the gentle approach? Yeah, definitely. And you know, both have their benefits. You mm. know, there's I I never say that I'm against the traditional you know chiropractic because mm. when you do go to chiropractic uh, school, when you go to university, that's all you learn pretty much. You learn that traditional way because that's how most chiropractors right. do work. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, you have to do extra training to learn the gentler techniques. Mm. And for me, um, I just found it, it works better for me as a practitioner. I think my gift is in the gentle chiropractic rather than in that traditional chiropractic. You know, I think some people are placed on this earth to do that and that's wonderful. Um, but I was placed on this earth to do something a little bit different with it. And so for me, um, I was really strongly called to that energetic side and then you know, combining that with the Reiki training I've done, the bioenergetics I've done, mm. all that kind of thing. It just, it just, and kinesiology, it just stemmed in really beautifully together. It was a beautiful mix. Oh, awesome. And so is this hands-on or hands Yes. It, yeah. It's still hands-on, but it's very light and very gentle. Mm. Yeah, but still hands-on. Um, you know, I still sometimes do some even, you know, muscular work, some soft tissue if people need it because emotions can store in our muscles as well, such as the psoas, you know, the hip flexors, um, the, the quadratus lumborum on the back. As you know, when we learn about, you know, yin yoga and things like that, you really learn about how the emotions store in the system too. So, you know, there's hands-on from that side, which actually is almost like a Bowen therapy kind of style that I do. Um, and then I do uh, the Reiki and bioenergetics, which is on the body and off the body in the field. And then I do the chiropractic, which is gentle, low force touches on the body, as well as utilizing this tool called an activator, which is like a little clicker um, that helps yeah, get the nervous system to respond. Oh, wow. All of these things. I really want a session. (laughs) (laughs) It's very intricate. It sounds very intricate, but you know, um, I still try to work in a real evidence-based way in terms of the chiropractic because that's really important. But then I love the holistic and Eastern therapies and bringing that together as well. So um, Mm. I try not to, I try to be in the middle. I try not to be too, you know, um, scientific, this doesn't work. And I try not to be too woo-woo either because I want anyone and everyone to be able to see me and feel comfortable with the way that I practice. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that's really important. Um, And it becomes accessible. And it doesn't yeah. too scary. Um, That's right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, and so let's talk about the emotional side of things because this is something that I'm super interested in um, about how emotions store in the body. And um, I've had a lot of experiences both in my own life and also I work with clients too. And I yes. um, I coach um, mainly women and um, I actually use the chakra system to help with the one um the one-to-one consults that um i have sometimes i talk about specifically the chakras other times it's more using the the knowledge of that through questions and things like that to help and yeah yeah so and i found the results are absolutely phenomenal like in terms of definitely clients with their own understanding of what's really going on for themselves and empowering them um 
mm-hmm. is just amazing. So I'd love to talk more about your experience of using um, chiropractory and the other, um, you know, the other modalities that you use in helping people deal with, you know, emotional blockages or whatever's going on for them. Yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, the chakra system is just another system of mm. utilizing things within the body. You know, there's many systems you can use. There's the meridians, there's, there's chakras, there's energetic gateways. There's a whole bunch of different things within the system. But if you do kind of look at them, they're all got that same similar idea, don't they? Yeah. Um, that things store in the body. And I guess for me, the easiest way to discuss whether it's an emotional thing is, for example, someone might come and see me for physical back pain, but I, I might say, okay, what happened? Oh, it's happened four months ago. Okay, mm. what happened four months ago? Did you fall? Did you get hit by a car? What, yeah. what physically happened? Did you injure yourself? Did you, what happened? Uh, no, none of those things. Okay, so why would there be a physical pain there, especially when they're younger, say they're 21? You know, yeah. it's not probably an osteoporosis. It's not, you know, there's not a huge amount of degeneration of someone in that age, for example. So I go, all right, what happened in your life four months ago? Because our emotional stresses, our chemical stresses are just as important as our physical stresses. And I think a lot of us confuse, say, a physical symptom must be due to a physical cause. And that's not always the case. We're, we're multi, you know, faceted, but there's definitely something else usually involved. And I'll say, what happened four months ago? And they'll say, oh, nothing nothing and what I actually get my clients to do I get them to do a timeline of their life um, so I can see what's going on in terms of their emotional stress and how to compare it to say their their physical ailments at the time um, or even their emotional ailments and I'll look at their sheet and or I'll ask them and they might say oh I was made redundant four months ago or my partner and I broke up four months ago Mm. and that's a huge emotional impact all right so if you haven't uh, I guess process that in a in a certain way it can store in our system especially when it's emotional you know I'll deal with that later I'm not ready to cope with this right now that later is your spine and your nervous system so for me it's it, that's an easy way to get clients to understand that there is a correlation between the two and to get them to dot that and in my experience the emotions have a a heavier um I guess if you're going to look at life like a cup, they're going to fill the cup up quicker and emotional stress. It's going to be a heavier and quicker water fill compared to just a physical stress. Physical ailments in the body are quite um, easy for me to work with. It's when there's an emotional connection that it's a little bit more work for me. And they can show up in the body in many ways. For example, um, I guess a, a metaphysical way of looking at it would be the lower back. That could be related to finances, insecurities, feeling unstable, Um, another way might be your shoulders and neck pain usually that's related to say burdens or responsibilities in life or actually literally feeling like you've got the world upon your shoulders Mm. Uh, and these are all aspects that need to be looked at as well will they have tight muscles sure (laughs) will they might have you know some some vertebrae that we need to look at sure would there might maybe be some misalignments of course but there's also an emotional component what's the root cause did the emotions cause that physical or did that physical cause that emotion and that's why it's important to look at people holistically so either way you're addressing the cause yeah so so awesome and um you know and and we notice that as well you know in particularly in yoga because it gives you that space um and then not only do you have the space but also you're in these positions mainly in a, you know, hip based pose and, um, and you know, where, you know, like you've just discussed, that's an area where we tend to hold quite a lot of stuff around the hips and lower back. And then you're in Mm -hmm. this position, breathing, got that space and, you know, emotions and memories do come out at that time. Very much so. Very much so. And people don't even realise sometimes mm. what's stored in themselves. You know, mm. a yin yoga class during the time, they might go, oh, that was very relaxing. You know, two days later, oh, my goodness, what's unfolding in those two yeah. days, you know? Um, but, you know, that's just the, you know, they've got the fascia point of view in that sense as well, which is really important and, and important to look at in terms of emotional health too. And, mm. you know, we don't always have that awareness and that's why I introduced, you know, the counselling side of things as well as the body work because I was finding a lot of people who saw me if they just spoke about things it would their their physiology and their body would think that that thing just happened when they spoke about it mm. even if it was something 10 years ago or a trauma 10 years ago when speaking about it in that session their body didn't know the difference mm. you know what I mean mm. um, and then I'd send them out and off they'd go triggered you know what I mean yeah. so 
so for me, I was like, well, how can I sort that out in another way? So a lot of my sessions do have that talk therapy and that counselling almost at the start. And then we transfer to the table to the body work so that the physical body has a chance to release it too. Um, and I'm really passionate about trauma release exercises as well, um, TRE, which is a, an exercise that's really simple and easy to do that I give all my clients. And it initiates that shake it off response, which is so important um, and really helps release that, that trauma from the body. It was actually developed uh, for PTSD back in the 70s. And it's got such a huge impact on people. But we're not just physical beings. Our body and mind aren't separate, just as, you know, everyone knows who looks at yoga in itself. So it's so important to not treat things just as physical or just as emotional. We've got to encompass the whole thing. Yes, 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 yes. I agree with all of the things that you're saying here. It's so <laughs> good. And, um, and TRE, wow, that, that practice is, is incredible. I did it well. I was in Thailand and there was a TRE practitioner there in Koh Panyang and um, wow. my husband and I did it and it's quite incredible. It's a few simple poses, isn't it? Holding them yep. for periods of time and then kind of lying on your back and then just feeling that physical, yeah, shaking release. And yeah. my understanding of that, and please correct me if I'm wrong, was that then that actually gives your nervous system the opportunity to really just shake out and release um yep. held previously in the body from a specific trauma or something that happens even you know if you you know step out onto the road and then a car nearly gets you but you step back yeah. kind of in some way stored in the body and so it's shaking these types of things out a hundred percent and you know if you look at any other animal on earth mm -hmm. they will shake when something like that does happen if they mm -hmm. meet a predator they will shake you know we don't do that so where does it go <laughs> so it's just another way to allow your nervous system and your body to process something and when I show people how to do it they're shocked that their body automatically does it you know um, they can't believe it because when I show them they're like oh are you putting that on no <laughs> and when they do it themselves they they can feel that and see that too but we need to realize that it's so important to release that um, what what kind of health benefits do you think would come from that? So many, because we hold on to so much throughout our lives. And, you know, we won't know specifically what trauma exactly it is that may be releasing, but, you know, it's things, it could be things from two to seven to, you know, a high school to mm. the job last week not working. It can be so much, but we we go through so much in our life that it's so important to really you know, look at things from that perspective too. And physical, you know, body storing of trauma is really, really just as important as the emotional side too. And that's why I really like to look at both. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. I get that. And, um, you know, just going back to what you were talking about before in terms of your gentle approach and finding that for you that works best, but also you like the effect that it has on your clients. And I think that's such an important component. And, um. I think sometimes we forget that to treat our bodies with real kindness and a real mm -hmm. gentleness. Um, I, you know, just kind of looking at my own life, but also just seeing how people are on the yoga mat often, it's just throwing their bodies around and not actually physically being in their body and being mindful of that and treating their body with kindness, but just trying to yank their body into a position that, yeah, essentially it is a form of self-harm because, um, you know, if your body isn't ready for that and you are huffing and puffing and you're yanking, then the body will, you know, it, well, the muscles, everything tightens up, doesn't it? Because yeah, the body yeah. feels under threat. So, um, mm -hmm. and you know, something that I experienced in my own life, because I was like that as well, you know, I used to kind of just throw my body around and want to get that pose and make it look like mm -hmm. the the book you know and, yeah we've all been there I think we've all been there. <laughs> we've all been there yeah and it wasn't until after I'd done my um, yoga teacher training and I'd had like a really big experience on the training that mm -hmm. I yeah a shift came from within me and I was like I really want to understand this practice from the inside out so I kind of dedicated myself to for a year of an hour and a half to two hours practice every day like without fail wow and by yeah. just dedicating myself to that, wow, the experience mm. 
practice that I had just on the mat, just breathing with a body that was really very tight and very stiff. And back then I, you know, like a seated forward fold caused me so many problems because my lower back was really fused and, you know, Mm. I had a lot of that stuff going on. And, um, you know, at the start, I'd been kind of like trying to yank and pull myself into the pose and the softening came up through and I just was like, no, just sit and breathe, just sit and breathe. And through that over time, I drop into this place and then it was like everything disappeared. And then I'd come Mm. out of it and my body had just naturally through this place of presence had naturally dropped like a lot Mm -hmm. and my Mm -hmm. ability just increased massively. But then at the same time, these waves of utter, I'd say love from inside of myself came through. And I just had this utter um, feeling of gratitude and love for my body that I never experienced before. And it was just, and I think it was really just from that approach of being super kind to my body that I was able to build that deeper relationship. Mm, wow. I, I love hearing stories like that. And, you know, even from my own experience with my own yoga practice, I yeah. think that there's definitely an inspiration from that for me, but it's that whole idea and that whole philosophy, which you would agree with of that flowing mm. and not forcing necessarily mm. everything, you know, mm. um, what are you trying to achieve? What's your, what's your intention? I ask myself that all the time, even working with mm. every client, what's my intention for this person? But what's your intention for reaching that pose? You know, if your body is not there and and why not work with the body and get a much greater experience from it than trying to force the body into something that maybe it's not ready for yet. And that's that whole gentle chiropractic thing for me. I want to meet people with where they're at. Why, you know, why not do it as a slower process to hopefully have a process that's more A, enjoyable for the client. B, that creates awareness and connection to the client and their own body. Like, that's huge. A lot of people don't know what's going on in their bodies. They have no awareness. Yeah. You know, um, they'll ask me, when do you want to see me again? Which is great because they want my opinion. But I usually say, well, what do you think? Mm. You know, when would you like to come back? I want to create that awareness and that relationship within their body where they can feel that within themselves when they need to come back and not rely upon me to tell them what their body and they should do. Um, It's building that. um, And that's so important as well. And, you know, people who come to my sessions, they enjoy it. There's no fear there. It's, it's, um, it's enjoyable, you know, and that greater connection rather than up in out, uh, 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 you know, my sessions go for around half an hour to 45 minutes. That's quite long for a chiropractor. (laughs) Um, most people see you know 15 minutes they're seeing five at a time that's what I did when I first started I saw five across every 15 minutes yeah Um, and now and now I see one-on-one around half an hour to 45 minutes and I'm one of the only um, network spinal analysis which is a form of technique that works with um, energetic gateways throughout the spine it's by Donald Epstein you should look into it it's very interesting work Um, I'm one of the only it's called network spinal analysis, although he's just changed the name to network spinal. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful technique that's very low force and just works with energetic gateways throughout the spine. Um, and he's got huge amounts of evidence behind it too, which makes it really exciting for anyone who's interested in that more energetic tonal work. Uh, and it's just a phenomenal technique I couldn't yeah couldn't speak any more highly of it um and that's why I love that because people get such a good response from such light work and they can't believe it because people think Mm. it's a big problem for example I've got really bad lower back pain Mm. so I need a big thing to fix it yeah you know that's not the case thing isn't it yeah exactly and we want you know we're kind of almost expecting i'm gonna to have to go through all of this stuff to overcome and it's like yeah and and also but then there's there can also be an, an impatience of i need it fixed right away which i think that yeah. we have kind of been taught in society through a number of different things about that quick fix oh. and then you know back to work back to doing the things um rather than actually so much opportunity to, so much to, to go deeper um, yeah it's actually it's actually in some ways it can be a blessing because it can mean that we actually embark on a, a much deeper um uh sometimes spiritual journey um mm. 
when we have that opportunity to kind of slow down a little bit and look underneath the surface. Definitely. And I think that's the whole idea. And I try to clear that up with people when they do see me as well. Mm -hmm. If they do say, I just want my back fixed, or I just want this, you know, I have to explain to them, look, I'm not here to fix that for you. And they find that very confusing. Well, why am I here then? You know, yeah. um, <laughs> mm. it's not my, it's not my job to fix that for you. What I will do is facilitate your body and you and me together can assist that. But ultimately it's up to you. Yeah. Yes. Um, I don't fix anyone and I've never, you know, I'd be very careful if anyone's like, oh, you've done this for me. You've done, no, you've done the work too. Mm -hmm. I'm facilitating something and creating space. Just like you said, mm -hmm. with your yoga practice, within yin even, it's creating that space for that awareness and that connection that really makes the difference. But it's their body that's ultimately doing it, yeah. you know. So, you know, it, it's a very rewarding uh I guess job or career or, or whatever you want to talk, want to call it. It's very very rewarding because you know uh, with my work as well. I always say to everyone, you will notice something different after one session. Yeah. I say, give me three, but you'll notice something straight after. Mm. And, and and for me, that's what keeps that motivation there for them to go. Hang on, there is something in this. Um, they say you barely. I usually get a text. You barely touch me, but I feel this. Blah 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 blah. Um, and that starts, you know, setting that tone that it doesn't have to be this intense treatment plan and this intense thing to notice a change. And, and for me, that's, that's why I love the work so much. Mm, so good. And I think, you know, that point that you just made such a big one is shifting this relationship between, you know, um, going to see someone for some help and assistance, but not becoming reliant on them, not giving our power away, but actually mm -hmm. becoming more empowered and becoming um, more in tune with our own body's abilities to heal and the messages within. Like you said, you ask that when they say, you know, oh, when would you like to, um, to see me? And you flip that around and say well when you know when you feel like it's time for you because you're essentially helping them to see that they have the power and they have the ability yeah. to really um, become aware of what's going on in their bodies and to know when the time is right and I think that's, that's right and it's so important mm. Mm, so so much and um years ago i um i was working in a corporate job and um this was before i did much yoga i would dabble i dabbled in yoga for for years um and um and i was sitting on a train for like an hour and i was sitting there with a laptop on my lap like the worst thing ever leaning over <laughs> and doing like writing out a gazillion emails trying to do it all before i got into work and, um, and I could feel the stress as I was writing, um, yeah. the stress in my body as I was writing the emails. Anyway, a couple of months later, one day, I just wasn't able to get out of bed. Like I could hardly walk and I couldn't like fold forwards or anything like everything yeah. just you know, froze up. And I ended okay. up going to see an osteo at the time and she had such a profound impact on me because kind of similar wow. to what you're talking about, like she didn't really do like lots, but she created mm -hmm. um, space for me. She put my, helped me to put my body in a few different positions, put her hands on areas of my body and told me to breathe. And she said, you know, use your yogic breath and breathe into this. Wow. And so I did. And then I, and it just had that effect within me of just going, oh, wow, she didn't really do that much. I used my breath, a couple of poses. <laughs> and then literally I was fine after that. I think I had like maybe yeah. one or two sessions max. And it just made me realize how incredible the human body is when we yeah. have the right tools and the right support to help us. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And breath, you've just touched on it, is so important. And it's a huge part of my practice as well. I always ask my clients to breathe um, when they're on the table. Um, I have to breathe in the nose all the way and out the breath uh, at the mouth all the way. And I use, um, you know, somatic breathing techniques as well to integrate the breath and the body as well. Mm. And that is so important as well because people don't know that they're not breathing properly. We're lucky. We're yoga teachers. We've got a little bit more um, yeah. knowledge about how important breath is. But for other people, 
they don't even know that and don't even aren't even aware that they're not breathing properly. And I suppose for me, if you came and saw me, and I love that osteopath uh, approach, it sounds very similar mm. to mine, um, which is why I do cranial sacral therapy, which is actually more of an osteopathic technique because I love uh, osteopathy as well. Mm. Uh, what I love about that is your body was literally freezing up on you because it wanted to prevent you from having that stress anymore and if we don't listen to that inner voice or listen to that guidance uh that this is stressful this is harmful your your physical body will actually start preventing you from being able to you know engage in that practice and then what that osteopath did for you is she supported you and cared for you yes but reminded you that the power is within you and that is so important and gave you tangible things that you can utilize yourself outside of seeing her you know what I mean Mm. and that's so important and it's just reminding people of that connection to themselves and and most people do have it you know even when people do come in and see me and they say I've got you know this knee pain or a lot of people also see me for uh, stress and anxiety and depression as well from all the counseling Mm. side but if they do come in with a physical ailment I'll say what do you think that's about yeah and they'll usually be pretty spot on Claire Mm. yeah for sure for sure it's just yeah, they that, usually yes. know yeah exactly it's having that space though isn't it because if they were sitting like and this is from my own personal experience and speaking with clients as well it's like when we sit on our own we can't find the answer sometimes um, and then then when another asks the question creates that space it can come through we've got the knowledge within but sometimes we just need the right questions to be asked within that kind of spacious safe environment and the wisdom comes through at that moment that's right. And that's the facilitation. And, mm. and that's really what I do. I call myself a facilitator. And the reason I love that as well is because instead of, you know, it's that old saying, instead of just giving someone a fish, mm. yes, I could massage you. Yes, I could do all these things and, and just say, yep, I'll see you three times a week for the next week. I could do all that. Mm. But instead, I'd rather take a slower process and get you to connect to yourself. And that way, you know how to fish yourself. (laughs) You know what I mean? And that's that's something that's going to change someone's life. That's what's going to change it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I love it so much. Um, (laughs) I'd love to to talk a little bit about the psoas. Um, Yeah. Because it's, the psoas is something like, you know, a muscle that I have become better friends with wasn't so friendly with it <laughs> yeah I, under, I understand a lot of people don't want to be the psoas's friend well they want to be the friend but it's not the friend at the time when exactly. I when I yeah. poke at it <laughs> exactly and um can you talk a little bit about this muscle and how important it is um in the human body and kind of what happens within this sort of fight flight response um you know related to the psoas yeah, definitely. I suppose for me, is the psoas is one of the very first things that I check in my clients. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is the psoas is such a popular place for our emotions to store because it's a place we don't touch often. Yeah. So that's how our body stores emotions in our system. It will pick a muscle or it will pick a place that we don't actually touch and we're not actually aware of much. Okay, so it's not until, say, someone like me or another practitioner will go in and go to release it that they can feel how tight it is. And most people will say, oh, I didn't even know that was sore there. Mm. And, and that's a classic emotional storage spot. And the psoas is responsible for so many things. And in regards to that sympathetic nervous system fight or flight, it's preparing us to either fight something or preparing us to run away from something. Mm. And that's why that psoas gets activated. And it's also really important to look at the lower back then you know near the erector spinae and the and the ql the quadratus lumborum because that's pretty much the psoas's ally so i can promise you if you have that psoas um you know it's it's hyper in there then the ql will be also and the reason i look at that too is because that's trying to stabilize your lower back that's trying to stabilize your hip that's trying to keep you braced ready to fight in that fight or flight response as well and most people will say again oh, it's so tight in there. It's so, you know, how did you know that that was a place to look at? And the reason I know it's a place to look at is because they're presenting with either anxiety systems, uh, uh, symptoms, uh, stress symptoms, Mm. that kind of thing, an emotional symptom. And that's why it's so important to release those muscles as well, because they're literally trying to hold it all together for you. Um, Mm. 
And so it's it's something that people aren't necessarily aware of. So I might give them things like a, a pigeon pose or something like that to really look at that psoas stretch. And then I kind of give them hamstring releases as well because that's so important. If you are in sympathetic dominance, your hamstrings are going to be really tight also. And I'll give them some gentle spinal twists and rotations as well to, to kind of work with that QL and that erector spinae and try to release that a little too. Mm, nice, nice. I love how you... Um give your clients you know a bunch of yoga poses that can help specifically with what they've come in and you know that how their body is responding um currently and ways in which they can kind of manage that going forwards with specific yeah. poses to help that that's so good and the psoas muscle it, it runs from the um lowest part of the spine doesn't it and then it comes through to the front of the um of the the hip connecting the upper and the lower part upper and lower body Upper and lower body, it's a really, really intricate muscle. It's actually, so, it's quite large when you look at it from an anatomical point of view. You see it near the lumbar spine, you see it down to the hip. It's got such a, you know, it's a, such a journey through the body, the psoas as well, which is why I think it's so intricate and why it's one of those places that stores as well. Mm-hmm. Because something that yeah. I, um, I noticed as I became more and more body aware when I would be doing certain things to do with work and particularly around, this is quite vulnerable, but particularly around, um, you know, putting myself out there, massive fear around being seen, massive fear working through that one. Um, But what I would find (laughs) was then I'd be like about to post something, my whole body would tighten up Mm. and the um, inner part of my thighs, my thighs would squeeze in and yep. around the outside of my hips would be tightening up. <laughs> and I'd be yep. like, oh, wow. I'd like look down at my body and be like, hey, guys, what's going on? Because <laughs> it was so weird. I was really so aware of how my body was responding yes. to something that was bringing up the fear. Yeah. And that's so amazing. And, and, you know, that's why yoga works. You know, I can always tell when I have a someone who does quite a bit of yoga or a yoga teacher come in and see me I can see the difference in their awareness they've got that mm-hmm. connection to their body and also they can feel what I'm doing and have more awareness of what's going on even from an energetic point of view they notice the difference really quickly mm-hmm. um, even their breath so in network and in the chirotechnic I do we look for a respiratory wave which is a wave that goes up the whole spine and to up until the occiput um, so the top mm-hmm. of the skull we look for that and yoga teachers find that a lot quicker than other people that I see because they're used to that breath integration mm-hmm. and that body integration. But that's something you should be so proud of to have that awareness because I can mm-hmm. promise you a lot of the population do not have that. And, and that's what I'm passionate about is increasing that awareness because until you are aware, you can't alter something. You know, exactly. you only know what you know. <laughs> exactly. And it's, it's not your fault. Um, no. Yeah, no, I am. I'm really grateful for that. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, I, I when I work with clients as well, I always ask them, like, they say they're feeling a certain thing. I say, where do you feel it in your body? Because I think by asking these questions, it helps people to become, like you're saying, more body aware. And then when we become more body aware, then we start to notice things more and more and more. Um, yeah. Yeah, so good. And notice how the emotional stores in the body. For example, um, if you're nervous, like you were saying something, yeah, you felt mm. it in your hips. So I can promise you, you probably felt something in your gut as well, yeah. which then connects that whole gut and mind connection too. So yeah. it, there's 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 a way for you to physically feel in your body an emotional process, which should then make them realize, hang on, this is you know, this does affect each other, you know, in the same way, if you have a physical injury, that's going to affect your emotional state mm. and, and vice versa. If you have an emotional state going on, that's going to change your physiology and, and that state too. And just like you said before about posture, you know, a lot of us have this posture and work posture where we're hunched over on our laptops. Our bodies are going to go into sympathetic fight or flight almost automatically because our posture is hunched over. Mm. It thinks that it's in danger just from that. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of different things that we can do to help assist, you know, your nervous system in realizing that it is safe, but it's about creating that space, creating um, that openness to listen as well and to listen to your body and to be willing to do something about what you're hearing as well. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Um, and yeah. what, what, what are the kind of main things that you're seeing people coming into you um, for? Like, you know, there's some commonalities in terms of what people are generally 
tending to be dealing with at the moment that you're noticing? Yeah, look, there's always, I suppose for me, I, I have a little bit of a, a different thing where a lot of people do see me um, for emotional things as well. I guess that is a little bit different just because I have that counselling aspect as well. Um, yeah. So I guess most people who see me are highly empathic, highly sensitive, yeah. would say, um, uh, I guess, uh, perfectionists, um, mm. <laughs> are hard on themselves, um, overachievers, work very hard, um, uh, more givers than receivers. Yeah. And in terms of that personality aspect, um, that's the best way I can paint them. And they, from, they range from having that emotional aspect to physical symptoms as well, whether that be gut symptoms, um, mm -hmm. menstrual symptoms, uh, neck pain, lower back pain. Um, but what I found is by working on the both and, and working with that person, we were altering all of that, not just one or the other. Because, mm -hmm -hmm. yeah, cause something that I've noticed and just from like talking to a lot of people um, is that, yeah, there just seems to be so many people who have gut problems and so many yeah. women who have um, menstrual um, so many severe pain and yeah lots of different hormonal imbalances and things like that and yeah yeah, yeah. more I, I've noticed it so much more over the last few years I don't know if that's um because people are talking about it more or whether actually it is something that's becoming more common uh yeah I'd say it's a, it's a combination of the two most likely and I think for me you know I like to feel my client's spine and I can feel in that lower back area, for example, that's where all the nerves run to the reproductive organs. That's where the nerves run to the gut. That's where the nerves run um, to stimulate all those things. So I can feel in their spine and I'll say, Oh, do you have, you know, menstrual issues? Is there, you know, um, what's going on there or is there uh, gut issues? And, and they'll go, Oh yes. How do you know that? Because you can feel in their spine in the area that's directly related to those areas as well. So you can, you can feel it. And that's something that's, quite exciting as a practitioner as well so you know it's never boring yeah and, <laughs> uh, but I suppose for me I, I guess anxiety and stress are the main things I see a lot we're, we're all very overstimulated hypersensitive we're sensitive to noise we're sensitive to light um, you know where our body doesn't know the difference between our email going off or being hit by a car almost you know yeah. it's that constant stress state um, we are living disconnected from so many people even though we have an opportunity which would look like that we're more connected than ever for example I met you on Instagram and that's a great yeah. connection but also we are so disconnected from people people feel really alone yeah. um, and I think that's what has part of the healing process as well is that they feel that they have someone who generally cares and listens for them um, to them and a lot of people don't have that in their life they feel very alone and you know we're we're carrying so many things. We're working full time. We've got these big houses. We've got lots of bills. We've got cars. We've got animals. We're wives. We're husbands. Um, we're aunties. We're daughters. We're sons. We're mums. Dad. You know, it it yeah. just goes on and on and on. And when you feel disconnected from a community helping you and feel like it's all up to you, that's mm -hmm. when a lot of those those anxieties and stresses come up as well. Yeah, for sure, for sure, and yeah. I think, you know, that loneliness piece is such a big one, um, you know, and I think that like, and this is something that I've noticed in my own life as well, is that by building a deeper relationship within myself, I felt way, way less lonely. Oh, yeah. You know, like I found that it's a combination of surrounding yourself with like-minded people and, and yeah. it's a great support network and, and community so, so important. But I think there's another mm -hmm. piece to it because you can sometimes be surrounded by a whole lot of people that still feel lonely. and then You can they, feel more lonely yeah. if you're around certain type of people. You know, um, I think you can feel more lonely than yeah. if you are in your own company because you're like, oh, I'm supposed to feel connected yeah. to these people and I don't I think you really hit the nail on the head there when you said it's finding you know your people yeah. um, and that may only be one or two but if you yeah. feel like you've got a really you know um, secure genuine foundation with your mm -hmm. those two friendships you're going to feel a lot more um, whole and less lonely than say someone who's got 50 friends but doesn't feel genuinely connected or cared for by any of them but the relationship mm -hmm. with yourself is the most important you do have to enjoy your own company and you do have to like who you are and 
unfortunately, a lot of us aren't confident in ourselves and mm. are very unsure and, and don't believe in ourselves. And a lot of us don't like who we are as well. So it's, it's building that relationship and really asking those tough questions, being willing to action what that means too. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And um, before we finish up, do you have any kind of top tip for people who are experiencing stress, anxiety? Maybe it's a way in which they can either release their psoas, um, a practice yeah. that they can kind of do every day that you think would have a big um, impact and be greatly supportive for someone. Yeah, definitely. I, I recommend looking in the TRE, the trauma release exercises. They're quite simple to do. There's ones um, which have yoga poses leading up to it, but then there's ones also where you just go straight into it. Oh, it's hard for me to describe over the yeah. podcast. Um, yeah. But if you do um, even just pop in your YouTube trauma release exercises, and I'll actually send you um, some instructions as well so you can pop up with this podcast oh, if you like some written instructions. Yeah, um, that's something that's really um, I would advise. Another thing is something so simple, legs up the wall. It's so easy, but really is a, it really slows down that sympathetic dominance and you can't be in two nervous systems at once. Mm. So if you're in parasympathetic state, if you're in rest and digest, then you're not in sympathetic. So it's so important to do things like that that can engage that. And that's really simple, okay? Um, it's one that most of my clients do. And the reason I do yoga as rehab with a few postures instead of saying go to a yoga class is because for people who are overwhelmed, going to a yoga class can be overwhelming, the idea of it. Yeah. So start small. Maybe just do a couple of postures at home and that's still a huge benefit. Mm. And, yeah, so for me that's important. Um, I think also breathing techniques. Mm. Uh, for me, there's one that you do where you just place your hands almost like a butterfly palm over the outer edge of your hand. And I'll send you instructions for this as well. Mm. But you start with a chest breath, three breaths in all the way out. Then you go to where the, um, I guess, just below the breast near the rib cage there, do another three breaths all the way in, all the way out. And then you go to your belly button all the way in and all the way out. And you pick the area which was the hardest mm -hmm. and which area was the easiest and it may change day to day and you you know your belly might be your hardest so you go back to your belly and you do three breaths there um, and then you go back to the other area and you should have some ease in that area um, mm -hmm. after that so I'll send you instructions for that as well but any breath exercise anything simple yeah. um, like that is something that you know I, I don't like to overwhelm people who are already overwhelmed yeah yeah so let's just make it simple you know we always yeah, say oh, do a gratitude list do yeah. meditation do yoga do this and it can yeah. be so overwhelming you know so yeah. maybe just wake up and think of one thing you're grateful for cool that's great maybe instead of going to a meditation class for an hour maybe just try two minutes at home if you've never been a meditator before yeah. you know um maybe instead of going to that yoga class maybe just do a couple of postures at home yeah and you've got to start somewhere and that's okay you don't have to be you know out of 10 all the time and so work with yourself as well and don't be hard on yourself yeah for sure we don't want to be adding extra stress, extra stress. with these know. You know, self-healing kind of techniques because that's not yeah. the attitude um that we want to bring to it it's more from this like you said this gentle this kindness yeah and it can cause more because like i can't meditate and i'm trying yeah. to meditate you know <gasps> and, and even if meditation's not for you that's okay too we don't have to you know just because people want to, I mean, everyone has to meditate. Why don't you find something that you love to do that brings you joy? Maybe it's cooking. Maybe it's going to the shop, picking all your ingredients, going home from scratch, and you go into that mindfulness and that meditative state of just being in the present moment when you're yeah. cooking. And that's just as beneficial, you know. Maybe go out for a little walk if that's what it is for you. Maybe it's surfing. Maybe it's something else. And that's okay too. It's the state of being in the present moment that's important, not just the meditation itself yeah for sure for sure and it's like you what you were saying before it's like by building that closer relationship with self and asking yourself the question like one of the questions that i ask myself and i recommend um clients to do is to just ask the question what do i need what do i need yeah. and then you know and the body knows you know you know yeah. inherently and then it's like give yourself that so rather than feeling like you have to stick to this kind of prescriptive list of all of the things it's like what do i need today and then 100 percent, mm. and make it simple for yourself you yeah. know um it doesn't it doesn't have to be this you know life-changing <laughs> experience yeah. when you do all these things at once 
just do a few little things each day that is, you know, almost like parenting yourself. Yeah. Care for yourself like you would, you know, a small mm-hmm. child. Um, you know, maybe if, if you had a child, you would let them eat the whole packet of Tim Tams every day, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe give yourself that same, same love as well, you know. Um, you know, I hear it all the time. Uh, people are eating hamburgers and then, you know, their dog comes up. Oh, don't give the dog the hamburger. Well, you're eating the hamburger you know so (laughs) yeah of course no judgment I eat hamburgers too but I'm just saying you know give yourself that same yeah that same care and once we start doing that that's when things really change definitely I think we could probably do a whole podcast all about that self-love piece because it's so so big so big it is it Um, is but yeah thank you so much this has been such a great um episode I've learned like tons so i'm sure everyone has got lots of value from this as well so um where can people find you where's the best place that you hang out that people can connect yeah probably instagram so it's dr sarah jane underscore cairo and i've just opened my books for new clients for the first time in almost two years before that you had to know someone to get Ah. in um because I, I like to keep it in a like-minded community. Um, but now as people are not necessarily progressing, but as people aren't needing me as much, I, mm-hmm. I only ever have 300 patients on my book at a time. Um, mm-hmm. But I've had some openings. And so I am taking new clients at the moment for the first time in a very long time. So mm-hmm. if you find me on there, please just message me. Otherwise, I have a website as well. Um, people don't tend to go to that as much as my Instagram. I'll send that to you. I think it's www.drsarahjanecairo.com. But yeah, most people do get in touch with me um, via the Instagram at the moment. Great. Well, I'll put all of those details as well in the show notes so people can connect directly with you. And and then I'll also put those um, various resources that you mentioned as well. I'll put those. Yeah, I'll email them all to you. Yeah, so that people can get hold of those as well. Well, thank you so much, my love. Um, I love what you're doing um, in service of the world. So keep it up. And I can't wait. Thanks so much connect in person I'll I'll come I know you'll have to come to session (laughs) yeah (laughs) thank you so much Claire thanks and there you have it thank you so much for listening and I do hope that you enjoyed this episode and gained some new insights if you're enjoying this podcast please do share it with friends you think may benefit from the message and if you'd like to rate the show and give it a review on iTunes, not only would I be so happy, but this will also help increase the show's visibility so that more people can benefit from the messages. I would love to connect with you. So you can find me on Instagram. My handle is underscore Claire with an I and an E Bradshaw underscore. I so totally can't wait to connect with you soon. Have a beautiful day.